Hi and welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, powered by the Pathway Group. My name's Mark Wakeley and I'm one of the team who bring you these podcasts each week. In this series, Safraz will be talking to some of the business people he's met and worked with in his 23 years at the heart of the West Midlands business community. In this episode, Safraz Ali will be focusing on apprenticeships and talent development with Catherine Marshall, Senior Manager of Apprenticeships at the Lloyds Banking Group, one of the UK's largest financial services companies. In the first part of this conversation, Safraz and Catherine explore how Lloyds delivers 30 different apprenticeship programmes across customer services and specialist areas like finance and compliance, leadership development and technology roles like software engineering. They also discuss how Lloyd focuses on using apprenticeships for internal reskilling, helping existing staff pivot into new technology-focused careers. They also touch on the future of retail banking amid industry changes, the skills modern professionals need, and why lifelong learning and staying relevant are so vital today. We will also hear about Catherine's own career journey and what drove her towards talent development and how views on workplace learning have shifted with advances in technology. So let's hear from Catherine, and first of all, Safraz. Welcome to another episode of Canny Conversations podcast. In this particular podcast, we're talking to sector experts within the apprenticeship field, and we have another special guest, an individual who leads the four for in apprenticeships, particularly within the, the banking and financial sector, uh, I welcome Catherine to the podcast. Catherine, welcome. Thank you very much. Really pleased to be here. Much appreciate you coming. Much appreciate your support for the Multicultural Apprenticeship Awards, the Multicultural Apprenticeship Alliance, and really appreciate all the work that you've been doing. I know you did a roundtable event for us a few months back as well, and you were uh, absolutely, you know, so much insights and so much knowledge that you were sharing there. So thank you for all of the, all your support and all your encouragement. No, you're very welcome. And it's brilliant being part of the Alliance because that way that you can share best practice, find out what other people are doing and really move forward the agenda. And I want to congratulate you as well as as the lead person within Lloyd Banking Group for winning uh, the large employer category at the Multicultural Apprenticeship Awards a few weeks back. Congratulations. Honestly, congratulations. Well done. Thank you so, so much. We were absolutely (laughs) thrilled to have won, absolutely thrilled. And I think it's just testimony to everybody who's involved in apprenticeships in Lloyd's Banking Group. So that's my wonderful team, Um, but also the most amazing apprentices and their line managers, everyone who really makes a difference and make the programme so special. Catherine, you were there in the room, you saw the names of the other employers there. Uh, obviously big household names you know different sectors and so forth and uh and obviously your name in lights at the end and you thought oh wow how's that happened <laughs> if, 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 <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely we'd seen the finance and accountancy category go past without us winning and so we kind of thought well we're not necessarily there for it but um it was absolutely incredible really really stiff competition and that makes it so much more valuable I, I, I tell you, Catherine, how it's happened. It's happened because of all your hard work and all your encouragement, all your support that you're doing and your energy that you bring in, not just in terms of to Lloyd, but the sector as a whole. So honestly, on a serious not for that, firstly, well, well deserved. And everybody was rooting for you and uh, the right organisation won because obviously you put in a, 
uh, a fantastic application and you know you're doing a lot of work and you're living and breathing apprenticeships and uh, you know you can talk to any of the judges and uh, and and they'll they'll tell you that you know it is the the proof was in the pudding and the work was there so absolutely well deserved oh thank you really appreciate that <laughs> so t- t- tell us a little bit about the organization that you're working because you know we were having a, a conversation earlier on and I got some of my facts wrong. So, so tell us a little bit about Lloyd's Banking Group uh, it, itself first. Yeah, no, absolutely. Lloyd's Banking Group. So, so my history with Lloyd's Banking Group, I actually started working for the Halifax Building Society back in 1995. And the company has developed significantly since then. Uh, we became HBOS when we merged with Bank of Scotland. And then following the financial crisis in 2008, we mm. became Lloyd's Banking Group. And there'll be a number of recognisable brands that Mm. you'll identify with Lloyd's Banking Group. So obviously Lloyd's and the iconic black horse there. Mm. Um, But we've also got the Halifax brand, which you'll recognise from the high street. Mm. If you're based up in Scotland, you'll be more familiar with Bank of Scotland. Mm. But then there's a number of other brands as well, such as Scottish Widows. And so it does feel as though each brand has its own identity and has its own place within our organisation. But when then we've got the overall organization that pulls us all together mm. as well i had a bit of a joke there but i don't know whether it's a problem the thoroughbred brands is i think that was one of the titles the, the thoroughbred bank <laughs> itself so the the absolutely thoroughbred brands yes. out there so yeah absolutely a lot of household names there i remember halifax back in the day when i had a deposit there and i got some shares out of halifax but i can't remember now how much 100 shares or whatever it was at the time so i was very pleased with my halifax shares i also got some shares uh, some freebies from birmingham Mid- which I believe is also part of that, which is now known as PM Solutions. And, and that's a fantastic local, uh, obviously local building society. And uh, as you said, Scottish Widows, which uh, leads the field within the, the life cover and the life assurance and so forth. So these are big brands in, you know, touching everybody in terms of their everyday activity and, and what they do. So very well recognised and a lot of diversity there. Uh, so how does the world of apprenticeships and apprenticeship training work when you've got all of these different outlets and different brands and different cultures possibly as well because they're all very strong in their own identity and they're all strong in their in their own way of doing things so tell us a little about some of the challenges within such a large organization yeah no absolutely and and we've been doing apprenticeships now in lloyd's banking group for 11 years so we had our 10th anniversary last year um, and actually also started our 10,000th apprentice last year as well and we've seen it we've seen a definite change since we have been delivering apprenticeships Um, so we started very much focused on our customer facing areas in the branch network and telephony and then being able to demonstrate that apprenticeships do work and really track through that return of investment. When 2017 happened and we had the apprenticeship reforms and the introduction of the apprenticeship levy, it really gave us that opportunity to diversify um, what our offering is. Um, We did actually grow to offer, I think we peaked at about 45 different apprenticeship programs. But since then, uh, we've renewed our focus on which ones we do offer. And typically, we offer about 30 different occupations. And that's been fairly stable for a good 
good number of years now. And also the way that we use apprenticeships is different. Um, so we use apprenticeships to bring in new talent into the organisation. And that's a really important aspect for us. We tend to have two significant intakes in the year, um, one in the spring and one in the autumn. So a couple of weeks ago, we welcomed 190 new apprentices into the organisation. But we also use apprenticeships for reskilling, and that's been growing over the last year or so. So really giving our colleagues the opportunity to change their career pathway. So somebody who might be in the branch network actually then looking to do a different career in technology, as an mm. example, mm. and therefore starting an apprenticeship as a, as a software engineer. Okay. But then it's also the career progression and the upskilling. And I think that's the wonderful thing about apprenticeships, really, mm. is that you've got one product, but mm. they can be used in so many different ways. Mm. So you've got 30 different occupations that you're doing, and you're doing different levels as well. So starting from level two, I would assume, right up to... Absolutely, yeah. So we start at level two, um, all the way up to level seven. And I tend to I tend to group them in four key areas. So we have our customer-facing apprenticeships. Mm. Uh, we have our specialist apprenticeships. That would be things like accountancy, compliance and risk and audit. Um, we have our leadership apprenticeships. So that's neutral line managers, mm -hmm. again, all the way up to the level seven senior leader. And then what we've seen a real growth in over the last few years is our digital and technology apprenticeship programs. Mm -hmm. So that would be things like data analytics, cybersecurity, yeah. software engineering. And would it be right for me to say that most of your apprentices are existing staff members that are reskilling? Um, actually, no? so it has changed yeah. a lot. So initially, I would probably say most of them were new recruits. Okay. Then we kind of flipped that, and mm -hmm. I'd probably say most of them were existing colleagues. But again, over the last couple of years, we've seen a change for that. Okay. And probably the majority of them are actually bring in new talent. Oh, new talent in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And and what sort of age are you recruiting? What sort of, you know, in terms of is it graduate level? Is it prior to that, sixteens, eighteens? So some of our programmes are specifically aimed at school leavers okay. and we want to tap into that market. And, okay. and so we'd start earlier in terms of understanding the work experience, working with local schools and colleges to really get that pipeline. But then some of our apprenticeship programs as well are open to everyone to mm. apply. Mm. Um, so I'm thinking about our data analytics cohort in Bristol, and we've got a real mix there. So we've got somebody who's 40 years old wanting to change their career, someone who's 18 straight from college, someone who had actually started their new business. So again, it's that real blend of apprenticeships being open for everyone, really. Okay. And in terms of your role, when you started with uh, the Lloyd Banking Group, is it right for me to say that you was emerging talent, that you, you, know, you started off as, or... Is that, is that your sort of main... Yes, yeah, yeah it's, it's been quite interesting, actually, as to where do apprenticeships sit in the organisation. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, so I, I've been in this role since 2017, yeah. um, starting at that exciting time with the apprenticeship reforms. Mm. And in that time, we've had a home in learning, Mm. And then we've also had a home in talent management okay. because learning, well, apprenticeships kind of bridges over both learning and So this and is the like learning and development team or learning absolutely. and development. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, and where um, does it sit at the moment? So we sit in talent at the moment. Oh, you yes, in talent yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the talent team looks after our graduate programmes as well, our school engagement activity, and then also our career mobility across the whole organisation. So talent feeds into HR or is that within the 
HR development? Absolutely, yeah. yes, vertical? yeah. So we okay. call our HR division people and people, places. People and places. Absolutely. Okay. So Fantastic. it's all about literally what it says on the tin. It's about the people who work for us and the places that we work in and making sure that they're as welcoming as possible and exciting to, to work in. Fantastic. Catherine, you know, talk to us about the application process, you know, for selecting. Uh, you've had a, a cohort of 119 individuals. What does that application process look like for for yourselves so we very much use strength-based recruitment process which i think a number of different organizations do use yeah. and the key thing with strengths is that it's focusing on the potential um, rather than the background that somebody has got and that's why it's particularly useful for school leavers who don't have that work experience to necessarily bring about, yeah. in, but they do absolutely have those strengths. We use a number of different online activities to um, really focus down that pipeline and then it culminates in an assessment centre at the end where we're looking at testing those strengths in different ways, a group activity, written exercise and also a strengths-based interview as well. And how big is the team in terms of the, the whole talent team and recruitment team you know, obviously you know you know very large organization there's a lot of people involved yes just, yeah and yeah. and it just shows the investment that we've got in apprenticeships i think again when i first started in the role there was myself and one other person wow. focused on apprenticeships yeah. we've had the opportunity to grow the team um so i have four apprenticeship delivery managers and they're aligned to all the different apprenticeship programs manage it through from onboarding all the way through to celebrating the success at the yeah. end. Yeah. I have um, three people focus more on recruitment yeah. and also helping with the finance, the reporting, keeping the show on the road, really. And then also um, I have somebody else in my team who's focused on our T-level proposition. Okay. So we took the opportunity to do a bit of a test and learn last year yeah. um, to understand how we could offer the T-level placements and had six students join us over the summer for a 45-day placement and then took the opportunity based on the success of that pilot to then grow our placements to 70 this year. And in terms of, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're big investors in the field of apprenticeship, but, you know, where do you see the future in terms of apprenticeships within the Lloyds Banking Group? Is, is there growth potential there? Is there more and more opportunities for, for people to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely see that growth. And I think the growth is for a number of different areas. One, it really is focusing on how we do bring in that young and diverse talent. Mm. And so that's why having a look at the pipeline programs is really important, like T-levels and also our school engagement activity. But then I also see the growth from a reskilling perspective. Mm. So as we change the shape of our organisation, there are different opportunities that are coming up. So we're seeing more and more colleagues pivoting their careers, like I said earlier, and moving from something like a customer facing area to being a software engineer. Mm. And apprenticeships are just a brilliant way of doing that. So, um, the world of work is changing. It's a very tough environment out there. There's no doubt about that. You know, the banking sector has changed. I mean, you, you talked about, uh, you know, back in 2007 and eight, and some of the changes and the challenges have happened and some of these brands have, have now merged and got together and the sector is a completely different sector to what it was even 10 years ago. A lot of the challenger banks coming into the sector, a lot of different activity going on in terms of the financial services sector you know there's a lot of employment within this sector a lot of opportunities you know what, what are the conversations that are happening from a financial services perspective first rather than just apprenticeships what's going on in the financial services space so if i was 
possibly having conversations with the final services professional, what would they be talking about? You know, is it doom and gloom? Is it positivity? Because you know, you know, sometimes the banking sector has had a has a tough ride. The financial services sector is a tough place to work. A lot of regulation there, a lot of mergers and acquisitions, a lot of change going on. So, what does the future look like in the world of banking and financial services, Catherine? And it is an incredibly exciting place to work because yeah. there is just so much change. And you think about Lloyd's Banking Group and the footprint that we have in every community in the UK. And so therefore, we are very much tied to the economy of the UK and what's happening there and how that then impacts on, on us. In terms of the, the changing shape of customers and what customers want, and you know, you mentioned some of the fintechs and the competitors, and they're not necessarily your traditional banks. So it's thinking about Amazon and what are they actually offering from a financial services perspective. So we need to be incredibly agile with how we respond to the changing market and the changing demands of our customers. And so really focused on what are some of the skills that we need our colleagues to have so they can be as agile as possible and really respond to those changing demands. So we're doing quite a, a deep focus on the skills that we need and then how do we ensure that our colleagues can attain those skills and also we, how do we attract those skills in and really make Lloyd's Banking Group a place that people want to come and work in and a place that they love to work in. So that focus on retention is incredibly important and that focus on skills development in an agile way is incredibly important. And that's where I think we need to be really mindful about the apprenticeships that we offer. And whilst they're quite occupation focused, every single apprenticeship, for example, has to have a digital lens to it. Yeah. Um, so that we are building up those sort of rounder skills as well. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the, you know sort of the transferable skills earlier earlier on. You know, when you've got somebody, you know, reskilling themselves into in the the world of sort of data and, and so forth. So, you know, if you've got a talent pool who, who, which believes in the brand, you know, has been loyal to the organisation, now looks at you know being retained. And, and people's mindset does change and sometimes people want a new opportunity, you know, want growth, personal development and so forth. You know, when you're working within a large organisation, possibly there's more opportunity for you to possibly work in other departments and other fields. Absolutely. It's a win-win situation really, isn't it? Because it's exactly like you said there, you've got the loyal colleague who's aligned to our values as an organisation. And so to be able to reward that loyalty and give them a new career in a completely different direction is really important. And it's one thing that we focus on with all of our apprentices. Um, so once they've completed their programme, it's what does that career progression look like? They've been given a lot of support. They've had their coach from the training provider whilst they're on programme. And we don't want that to just fall off a cliff once they've completed. So it's that ongoing career progression that's really important and them understanding what, what opportunities are available to them. So, Catherine, I mean, I was sharing with you the fact that I come from a banking and financial services sector myself. I've got my degree, my first degree was in banking and financial services and I did my qualifications in the banking, banking field. Worked for Botanic Assurance, a local uh, assurance company. I took a feel big interest in banking, the field of banking and financial services, and, and it definitely has changed, and there's no doubt it's changed. And anybody who loves the sector, like I do, and I, and I think like a good self as well, yeah, there's been moments where you're sort of a little bit 
despondent in terms of some of the challenges that we face as a sector. And I say we, even though I'm not in that sector, and some of the opportunities that we've had. And the world of technology, you know, has completely revamped some of our thinking in terms of online. We see that on a daily basis. We see that in terms of how we do our banking. We see that how we do our transactions. And it's not just about cashless society. So there's all just so many different things that are there. And then you see, you know, you start to look at, you know, what does world look like in say five years time and you've got people like Elon Musk talking about everything up and, and those sort of things and, and the barrier to entry isn't there and you got small businesses now who are being coerced to different uh, organizations you know organizations are setting up bank accounts within you know less than a day and online and you don't even have to see people and so forth and it's a completely different outlook to you know when we started and the some of the stuff or when i started so what's what's going through the mind of somebody who is in that sector at this moment in time in terms of you know how do you keep relevant uh, and i'm talking from an individual career perspective you know somebody joins now at the age of 16 18 21 25 whatever the age is how would they keep relevant in that sector if somebody's you know worked in that sector how do they keep on top of themselves in mm-hmm. terms of re- being able to retain and grow i think the relevant is the word how do you stay relevant in that in that particular area yeah no absolutely and i think it's it's developing that absolute culture of learning across the organization and so staying relevant you you cannot just rest on your laurels you have to be constantly learning something new finding out what's happening being curious about the world around you being curious about what others are doing and you know we constantly talk about things like bringing the outside in so although i've said you know i've worked for the organization for a considerable amount of years you can't stay just focused on what the internal organization is. You constantly need to be looking outside and okay. getting ideas. And so networking is really important as an example, yeah. being connected on LinkedIn, yeah. but constantly challenging yourself to just find out about what is going on. Um, and I think that's the wonderful thing about apprenticeships because it just builds that love of learning and you know whilst on an apprenticeship you've made the time to do it you know you're 20% off the job learning so therefore once you've completed it important to still continue to make that time for learning. So Catherine I mean, we, we spoke a little bit about the sector we spoke a little bit about the organization and some of the work that you do I want to get to know a little bit more about your journey and uh, what got you here really so if you're comfortable sharing some of the early days of and the world of career and learning and so forth and and what does that look like i know you know you've studied psychology i know you've you know you're, you're a sort of lifelong learning person you know you've been in, in the sort of training sector but share with us that sort of the journey itself yeah no absolutely and it's casting my mind back <laughs> to a, a long time ago absolutely but um i did a degree in psychology yeah. um i did actually think that my future was as a clinical psychologist um wow. i'd spent some time working in a psychiatric hospital um i really thought i, I would be working in the caring industry oh, and here i am 28 wow. years later yeah. um, working for a, a financial organization but i applied for the job as as it was at Halifax Building Society and have never really looked back. Did a number of sort of customer facing roles, got on the, the graduate scheme as well, which just 
sort of opened up different opportunities and um, exposure to different people. And I can remember having a conversation with somebody saying, I think I want to work in HR and just exploring that a little bit further. And what really drove me, what I think my purpose was around was seeing people develop and that learning and development. So that's where my pathway was for a number of years and doing a number of different roles in learning training design, training delivery, more of the learning operations, project management, um, and then got more into emerging talent and working with a number of our graduate schemes that we offered across the group and really building those up, which then led me into apprenticeships. Um, So had the opportunity to start working in apprenticeships from 2017, which I think is probably the most exciting time to start in the world of apprenticeships. Because that's when the number of standards really opened up. So the opportunities to really understand what the skills needs are. Some might say, Catherine, sorry to interrupt, that was probably the most turbulent time for the sector as well. Uh, yes, might that. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. and definitely, you know, going through the journeys around, you know, what does the apprenticeship levy mean? And, you know, should we offer as many apprenticeships as we can to spend all this levy? Or actually, do we need to keep it where we're just focusing on the right apprenticeships for the right people at the right time? So there's a number of different journeys that, that we've definitely been on with that. And certainly opening apprenticeships up for existing colleagues as well quite often debate with different people about what do they call that? Do they call it an apprenticeship program? I was talking to someone the other day who said, we absolutely do not call it an apprenticeship because we don't want to put people off. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, we we celebrate the fact that it is an apprenticeship program. But it is a, a journey that I think you need to go on um, and get the the role models of people who have gone on that to then be able to, to share with other people. So being the training, you know, somebody who's who's a uh, professional within the training sector and the training field of training and, you know, being a psychologist or trained uh, in psychology, uh, what does that world of learning look like and how has that changed uh, over that period of time? Because, you know, it must, you know, there's obviously, we, we know, we've changed as, as people and how has that changed in your eyes? And again, learning's changed a lot driven by technology. So if I think back to my early days of learning, quite a lot of it was face-to-face training and that Mm. was the default offering. And more and more we're using really exciting technology and, you know, immersive learning to appeal to different people's learning styles. But plus also get more learning that's on demand so people can access it when they need it um, rather than having a you know a fixed programme that they've got to go to on a fixed day. It's a bit like Netflix, you know, you switch, you, you watch what you want to watch. And, absolutely, yeah, you learn absolutely. What, yeah. okay. And I think it's, you know, it's acknowledging that, that learning comes in many formats and mm. just taking the time at the end of the day to reflect on what you have learned mm. and what you might do differently going forward. Mm. And that learning might be something that you you've picked up from somebody in a meeting it might be an article that you've read um or it might be a piece of e-learning that you've done so in lots of different formats well one of the criticisms that i that i've experienced in generally in the world when you're talking to learning and development professionals is that people don't take responsibility for their own learning it seems prescribed by organizations and i'm talking general terms mm. here when you whenever you're talking to lnd professionals they're always moaning about you know people are forced by the employer or by for cpd purposes or whatever and, and 
they don't take that enthusiasm and so forth. What's your general take on people and, and what would you, advice would you give in terms of embracing learning? Yeah, so it is that kind of push and pull yeah. aspect to learning, isn't it? So how much do you push out and mm. potentially that sheep dip approach? Yeah. Or how much does the learner actually want to take for themselves and they're mm. pulling the learning towards mm. them? And I think it is looking at learning in a number of different ways. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be that formal learning. It doesn't have to be on the learning management system. But it's picking up the different learning that you can do every single day just by interacting with people. Um, and I think it is taking that time around, you know, whether it's walking the dog and you're listening to a podcast, uh, whether it's the commute in. Um, so it's making the most of the different time that you have. And it's different for everybody as well. And we, we talk to our apprentices about this. It's finding out when are you at the optimum time for your learning. So is that first thing in the morning? Is it is it last thing at the end of the day? Do you like to do it in small chunks or actually do you prefer to have quite a significant amount of time where you can really get your head down um, and understanding whether somebody's more of a practical learner so they want to be able to apply it rather than focusing on the theoretical side of learning so I think it is about understanding who you are as a learner and how you can then make that work for you so Catherine you spoke about the fact that you that's where we have to leave the first part of Safraz's conversation with Catherine Marshall senior manager of apprenticeships at the Lloyds Banking Group. You'll be able to hear the second half of their chat next week. So if you don't want to miss that, then remember to subscribe and follow us. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you there are already 72 other Canny Conversations podcast episodes out there. And you can listen to all those past episodes by searching for Canny Conversation on your preferred podcast platforms or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. We'd also love it if you could review, subscribe or follow the podcast. And please tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you'd like to know more, then go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to Safraz's website, which is safraz.co.uk. Safraz has also written a series of easy-to-follow business books, Canny Bites. These are available from cannybites.co.uk forward slash buy the book. As I said, we'll be back next week with the second half of Safraz's conversation with Catherine Marshall, Senior Manager of Apprenticeships at Lloyd's Banking Group. So until then, we hope you have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production. 